Thank you for listening to the Crossridge Podcast. Today's message is by Senior Pastor Mark Farnell. For more information about Crossridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. I think it's safe to say we are all familiar with excuses. Excuses actually started from the very beginning. When Adam was confronted by God, by his sin against God, Adam responded to God and said, God, the woman that you gave to be with me, she gave me some of the fruit from the tree, and I ate. So we can all, I think, understand that in one form or another, we have probably all made excuses before. Our Old Testament friend Moses was familiar with excuses. Moses was called and equipped by God to go with God to Pharaoh to lead the people of Israel, the Israelites, God's chosen people, out of bondage in Egypt. Instead of going with God, Moses had questions for God. And as we've been learning, these questions from Moses were actually excuses by Moses as to why he wouldn't go with God. God, in his grace, answered each question and objection from Moses. The first question from Moses was, God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and lead the Israelites out of bondage in Egypt? And God responded to Moses and said, I will certainly be with you, so go. The second question from Moses was, God, if I go to the Israelites and tell them that you have sent me to them and they ask me, what is your name? What am I supposed to say to them? God told Moses, tell them I am who I am. Tell them the I am has sent you to them. God told Moses, I will certainly be with you, and I will give you the answers to any questions that come your way, so go. The third question from Moses is found in Exodus chapter 4. Open your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 4. We'll jump back into the passage we've been making our way through this summer. Exodus chapter 4, in verse 1, we find the third question from Moses to God. And Moses answered and said, What if they won't believe me and will not obey me, but say, The Lord did not appear to you? Now, we know based on our study through chapter 3, that God told Moses already that the elders of Israel will listen to what you say and they will go with you. So this third question was really a question from Moses to God. And what Moses was really saying to God was, God, what if they don't believe you? God, what if you're wrong? It's basically what Moses was asking. God, what if you're wrong? So God gave Moses three signs to reassure Moses of his purpose and plan for Moses. We covered these signs in detail last Sunday. Real quick, God performed two of the signs right then and there before Moses. God turned the staff into a snake and back into Moses' staff. Then God turned Moses' healthy hand, the skin on his hand was healthy, turned it leprous and then turned it back to healthy. Moses saw the awesome power of God on display right before his very eyes with those first two signs. Then God went to the next step and promised Moses, I'll even give you a third sign if necessary. Moses said, don't believe the first two, I'll give you a third sign if necessary. And the third sign that God would give to Moses for the Israelites is as Moses would draw water from the Nile River in Egypt and pour the water on the ground, 
God said, I will turn the water to blood on the ground. Three purposes for God's signs to Moses. Three purposes, real quick, for God's signs to Moses. The first, the signs were meant to help Israel go. The signs were meant to help Israel go. The signs that God performed through Moses before Israel were meant to help Israel understand that God appeared to Moses, God spoke with Moses, and that God had actually sent Moses to lead them out of Egypt. You see, the signs from God were to help Moses demonstrate God's power in and through his lives, and the signs were to help Israel, the signs were to encourage Israel to go with God to go and to follow Moses' leadership. The second purpose, the signs were meant to help Moses go. The signs God performed for Moses, the signs that God was going to perform through Moses were meant to help Moses believe God, trust God, and go with God to the elders of Israel. As we shared last week, Moses was struggling with fear. He was in a battle between fear and faith. And so God gave Moses these signs to reassure Moses and to strengthen the faith of Moses so that Moses would go with God. The third purpose, these signs are meant to help us go. We're in the passage this morning. We're in this story as always in the word of God. The signs were meant to help Israel and Moses go and the signs are meant to help us go. As we look at these signs that God performed for Moses and through Moses, they encourage us to go. We also know, as we shared last Sunday, that God has given us three signs to help us go. God has given you and God has given me three signs to help us go as followers of Jesus Christ. The first, God has placed his spirit in us. The second, God has placed his word before us. The third, God has placed his people around us, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so the spirit in us, the word before us, our brothers and sisters in Christ around us are signs from God to encourage us, to reassure us, to help us, to motivate us to go with God, by faith in God. Wherever he leads, he wants us to go. We see the awesome power of God on display day by day as followers of Christ. We see the awesome power of God on display as God continues to transform us and to change us and to make us more like Jesus. That's one of the greatest signs that God gives to you and me, one of the greatest encouragements he gives to you and me. He's at work in us, and he changes us on a day-by-day basis to make us more like Jesus. And so when we find ourselves throughout the week, when we find ourselves in conversations, when we find ourselves in circumstances, when we find ourselves in situations, and we are responding the way God wants us to respond, when we respond in accordance with the word of God, when we don't respond in the flesh, but we respond by the Spirit, that's the evidence and the display of the power of God at work in our lives. We see God's power on display as he answers our prayers, as he guides our steps, as he heals our hurts, as he meets our needs, as he saves people by his grace through their faith in Christ Jesus. As a follower of Jesus, we have a front row seat for the awesome power of God, which is on display for you and me on a day-by-day basis. Our part is to believe God and to go with God by faith in God. Our part is to believe God, and then just to go with him 
by faith in him. And so we see these signs for Israel, for Moses, but they're also for you and me today and this week. So let's continue in the passage where we left off last Sunday. Let's pick back up. We're in Exodus chapter 4 and we're in verse 10. After the signs that God showed to Moses, he showed the three signs. Now we pick back up. But Moses replied to the Lord, please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, either in the past or recently or since you have been speaking to your servant, because my mouth and my tongue are sluggish. Well, we see right away the third time wasn't a charm for Moses. Moses had a fourth question or objection for God. So let's look at it. But Moses replied to the Lord after the signs that God had given to Moses to reassure Moses. Moses says, please, Lord. Now we can stop there and, and we can just at least acknowledge that Moses had a great start on this response. Please, Lord, was a sign of respect. It was a sign of humility. Moses was humbling himself before the Lord, and he was saying, please, Lord, that's a sign of respect. Moses understood uh, that he was a servant of God, and so he was showing respect and honor and reverence for God. He said, please, Lord, started off real good with the first two words, and then he went uh, off course real quick. He said, I have never been eloquent. That means I don't speak well. That means I'm not a man of words. I'm not a talker, God. I've never been eloquent. Moses said, God, I've never been eloquent. I've never spoken well in the past or recently or even since you have been speaking to me from the burning bush. I don't speak well, God. Moses said, my mouth is sluggish. My tongue is sluggish, God. That means my mouth is slow. My uh, my mouth doesn't work well. It's weak. My, My tongue doesn't work well. What Moses was saying to God was, God, I'm not quite sure how you missed this point about me. I'm really not sure how you missed this. God, you are making a mistake by sending me to be your spokesman. That's what Moses is saying here. I'm, I don't speak, I'm not eloquent. In spite of God's power, in spite of God's grace, in spite of God's patience, in spite of God's reassurance, over and over again in this passage, in this conversation, Moses was not ready to go with God. Now, I want to take a quick time out, and let's do a review, uh, some in part of what we've covered already in this series this summer, just to remind ourselves and to get a little bit more of a background as to what may be going on here. As you remember uh, weeks ago, Moses spent the first 40 years of his life growing up in Egypt, actually in the palace, Pharaoh's palace in Egypt, as the adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter. As we studied and shared, that means that Moses was raised and he received the best and finest training in Egyptian culture, Egyptian education, and the Egyptian language. First 40 years of his life, growing up in the palace, he had it all. 
all the training and education he could ever need. Stephen, our New Testament friend, affirmed this for us in Acts chapter 7, in verse 22, when Stephen was given his testimony uh, to those who were trying to uh, kill him because of his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Here's what Stephen said as he accounted Old Testament all the way to the New Testament to Christ. Stephen said in Acts 7, in verse 22, Luke records his words, so Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in his speech. Say that with me out loud. Was powerful in his speech. What was he in his speech? Powerful in his speech and actions. Huh. Okay. Moses was powerful in his speech. That word powerful means he was powerful. He could speak. He was a man of words. He was capable. He was able. He knew the language. He had a command of the language. Which is not surprising because God equips those he calls to fulfill his calling for those that he wants to use in a specific manner. And so it's not surprising that Stephen acknowledged here that Moses was powerful in speech. That's a testimony not just to Moses, but ultimately it's a testimony to God and the faithfulness and truth of the word of God, the promises of God. And so we read that and we know then what happened in the story of Moses, was when Moses was 40 years old, you remember, he went outside. And he went outside while he was in Egypt, there in the palace area. He went outside to observe his fellow Israelites. And when he observed his fellow Israelites, he noticed that there was an Egyptian striking one of his fellow Israelites. He looked all around, thought it was clear, didn't look up, but he looked all around, thought it was clear. And so he went over and he killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. You remember that? And the word got back to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh wanted to kill Moses. And so Moses, he ran. He fled. He got out of town. And he ran from Egypt all the way to Midian. All the way to Midian. And for the next 40 years, Moses spent his life in Midian shepherding the sheep of his father-in-law, Jethro. And evidently, sheep aren't very talkative. They don't talk a lot. They don't talk often. They don't talk much. They probably don't talk well. Forty years. Because when Moses is at the burning bush, he's 80 years old. Moses may have thought, well, I've been here in the wilderness for the past 40 years. Haven't been doing a whole lot of talking. Haven't been talking much with anybody. The sheep aren't saying a whole lot. I may have forgotten my training in the education and the culture. I may have forgotten the language. I may have forgotten the, the Egyptian language, God. We know as well from Bible scholars that eloquence and oratory skills and speaking well was prized and valued in the Egyptian culture in this day. Matter of fact, if anyone went to address Pharaoh, if they went into the presence of Pharaoh and to address Pharaoh, his magicians and his counselors and his attendants knew this to be the case, so did everybody else. If anyone went to Pharaoh to address Pharaoh, they had better be able to speak well. They better be eloquent. 
Because that's what was prized in Egypt in this day and time as it relates to language. Moses would have known this expectation and would have possibly been scared by this expectation because he spent the first 40 years of his life growing up in Egypt and he would have known this about Pharaoh. Whatever his motive, what is clear is Moses was not ready to go with God at this point, at this, in this episode. I like what one Bible scholar said, Moses was reflecting the unwillingness to God that he feared the elders in Israel would show to him. Here's the problem. You can see it as well as I can see it. It's as clear as day in the passage. The problem was this. Moses was looking inward, not upward. Moses was focused on himself, not God. Moses was looking at the made, not the maker. Moses was looking at the created, not the creator. Moses was focused on Pharaoh, on the Egyptians, on the elders of Israel, on the Israelites instead of God. Therefore, Moses was struggling with fear, with doubt, with insecurity. And we're guilty of this as well. When we look inward and not upward, we're going to struggle. When we focus on the created, not the creator, we're going to struggle. When we focus on the created, not God, for answers, we struggle. When we look to the created, not God, for assurance, we struggle. When we look to the created, not God, for hope, we struggle. When we look for the, to the created, not God, for peace, we struggle. When we look to the created, not God, for provision, we struggle. When we look to the created, not God, for strength, we struggle. When we look to the created, not God, for wisdom, we struggle. When we look to the created, not God, to calm our fears, we struggle. When we look to the created, not God, to meet our needs, we struggle. When we look to the creator, not God, to strengthen our faith, we struggle. When we're looking in instead of up, we're going to struggle. You will, I will. Just like Moses. And our enemy Satan understands this and knows this, which is why he tries every opportunity he can. He tries to take advantage of every opportunity, every open door, every weak moment in our lives to help take our eyes off God. And he will use the same things the enemy was trying to use with Moses. He uses the same things with us. Our enemy will try to use our circumstances, which are most often outside of our control. We have no control over our circumstances, and our enemy, Satan, knows that, and he will use our circumstances. He will use us, our failures, our sins, our mistakes, our fears, our weaknesses, our insecurities, our doubts. He will use us against us, and he will use other people people. He will use what people do and say to us. He will use their silence and exclusion of us in his work of trying to hurt us and tempt us to take our eyes off God because our enemy knows the moment we take our eyes off God, we turn away from God. He knows. If we take our eyes off God, we're going to turn away from God. Which is why the writer of Hebrews has told us, let us fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning at shame, and sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such sinful opposition uh, from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. What is the writer of Hebrews telling us? When we look to God, we will not grow weary and we will not lose heart. But when we take our eyes off of God, we will grow weary and we will lose heart. So... We understand and realize today, right here, right now, what's happening with you. We know the enemy's working. 
We know God is at work in us and our enemy is at work on us. He can't touch us inside because that's the Holy Spirit's residence. But he works on us from the outside. Is he using your circumstances? Is he using you? Your sins in the past that God's already forgiven you of? Mistakes, fears, insecurities? It's using other people, what they've said or they've done. Maybe it's what they've not said and what they've not done. Maybe it's because they've excluded you. Maybe you're, it's because you're not included. You long to be included. You think you should be included, but for some reason, you're not included. Is that what the enemy is trying to use? I can tell you what he's trying to do. Same thing. He was having success with Moses. He's trying to take your eyes off the Lord. He's trying to do the same with me. Remember, Satan wants isolation for us. He wants to isolate us away from God, his word, his people, and his praise. God wants intimacy with us. God wants us face-to-face with him, eyes on him, looking to him, so that we won't grow weary and lose heart. That's exactly why God told Moses, go, I will certainly be with you. What does that speak? That speaks intimacy. I will be with you. That's why God says to you and me, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you to the end of the age. What does that speak? That speaks intimacy. What does that mean for you and me today? That means God, almighty God, wants to be intimate with you and me. His eyes are on us and his ears are open to our cries for help. He wants our eyes to be on him. As Paul said, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. The enemy tries to get us to set our mind on earthly things, not on things above. That's a battleground for you and for me. And he wants us to lift our eyes to the Lord. Those challenges are real. Circumstances are real. God allows those challenges, those circumstances, those trials and tribulations because that's what he uses to grow us in our faith in him. And that growth happens as we keep our eyes on him. And what God was trying to get through to Moses here, and Moses had this fourth question objection for God, is that very point. He's trying to help Moses understand, stop Looking inward. Look upward. Look up. Everything changes when we look up. Now watch this, man. Watch God's response. This is awesome. And this is so good. Look at verse 11. The Lord said to him, who placed a mouth on humans? Who makes a person mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. What an awesome response by God as always. Amen? What an awesome response by God. God knew Moses was looking horizontally, not vertically. So God asked Moses three rhetorical questions. Don't miss it. Who placed uh, a mouth on humans? Who makes a person immune to death, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Three rhetorical questions. These questions 
eased and erased the doubts, the fears, the insecurities of Moses. These questions turned the spotlight on God, not Moses. These questions reminded Moses that God is the Almighty God. These questions reminded Moses that God is the Creator God. These questions reminded Moses that God is the Sovereign God. These questions reminded Moses that God is the one true Almighty God. These questions reminded Moses to keep your eyes on God. These questions reminded Moses to go with God by faith in God. These questions reminded Moses you are weak, but God is strong. These questions reminded Moses, you can't, Moses, but God can. These questions from God to Moses, it's almost as if God was saying to Moses, hey, Moses, who do you think you were talking with? Who are you talking to, Moses? Don't forget, Moses. You are talking with the Lord. I am, Moses, who I am. I have told you before, Moses, I'm the great I am. I've told you, Moses, that I'm the self-existent, eternal, sovereign ruler over all. I've told you, Moses, that I'm the God who was, who is, and who is to come. I told you, Moses, I'm the God of yesterday, today, and for all eternity. I told you, Moses, there is no one greater, no one higher, no one like me, Moses. I told you, Moses, I'm the Lord. God is saying the same thing to you and me this morning. God is so good. And I confess, he, he has to remind me of this often. God's saying to us, who do you think you're talking with. Who do you think you have a relationship with? Who do you think I am? I am the Lord God Almighty. And our circumstances and our fears, failures, sins, mistakes, doubts, and insecurities and our relationships with other people, Almighty God is speaking to you and me right now. And he wants us to understand, I am the Lord God Almighty. We get the privilege. We must not forget. We get the privilege to talk with the Lord God Almighty. The I am who I am. The great I am. You have that privilege and I have that privilege as followers of Jesus Christ. We get to lift up our eyes to the hills. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We need to understand and be reminded that we are recipients of the amazing, the delivering, the freeing, the forgiving, the loving, the rescuing, the saving grace of our almighty God. You see, grace has made us alive with God. Grace has connected us to God. Grace has opened the way for our sins to be washed away. Grace has united us with God and one another. Grace has won the victory that we could not win for you and for me. And almighty God speaks to you and me today, just as he spoke to Moses years ago. And he says, hey, Moses, whatever that fear, whatever that objection, whatever that hesitation that we have with God. Moses had questions. Moses had hesitations. Moses had objections. And God said, Moses, who do you think you're talking to? This, this is the Lord God Almighty you're talking to. And when our questions and hesitations and objections rise up in us because we're looking inward and not upward, what God tells you and me today, what he wants us to understand is he's saying to us, hey, remember, 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 
whose you are. Remember whose you are. Give the Lord a hand. Give the Lord a hand. Remember whose you are. It's okay. It's okay to give the Lord a hand. It's okay to shout hallelujah every once in a while. The Spirit moves. It's okay. Because this is God's truth being downloaded to you and to me. Now watch this. This is God. This is how good our God is. God follows his three questions with two promises. Look at it. Look at it. God fo- three questions in verse 11, and then he follows with two promises in verse 12. Look, now go. There's another explanation, another command. He says, I will help you speak, promise number one. I will teach you what to say, promise number two. So we have two promises. God promises Moses, I will help you to speak and I will teach you what to say. What does that mean? He's saying this, Moses, I will give you the courage to speak and the content to speak. That's what he's saying. Moses, I'll give you the courage to speak and Moses, I'll give you the content to speak. And we know Moses could trust God to fulfill these promises from God because God had already told Moses, reassured Moses and promised Moses, I will certainly be with you. So when God promises to be with you and me, what does that mean? That means he's going to give us the courage we need to do what he calls us to do, and he's going to give us the content we need to do what he's going to call us to do. You see, that's what God does with us. He did the same thing with Moses. He does that with you and me. So we can, again, look upward, and then we're able to live outward instead of looking inward, and we collapse in our own fears and doubts, questions and insecurities. You see, what was going on here was Moses missed the point of God's call. God did not call Moses to go because Moses was an eloquent speaker, a great orator, and was just one of these guys that just had a way with words. God called Moses to go because God wanted to bless, equip, and use Moses to deliver Israel from bondage in Egypt. Since God was with Moses, success was guaranteed for Moses. And at times, like Moses, we miss the point of God's call in our lives day by day. God doesn't call us because of our ability, our skill, our talent, our wisdom to go with him. God calls us to go Because he wants to bless us, equip us, and use us to be a blessing to those he places around us. God wants to bless us, equip us, and use us to go and make disciples of all nations. And since God is with us, success is guaranteed for us. Success in God's plan for us is guaranteed for us. Not success in our plan for us. Success in God's plan for us is guaranteed because God is with us. You see, what God wanted Moses to do is the same thing he wants you and I to do today, and that's just simply go, to go with him, whatever it is he's calling you to do, wherever it is he's leading you to go, whoever it is he's calling you to speak to, to minister to, to bless, to encourage, to serve, to help, to love, to forgive. God's calling you to go. He's calling Moses to go. He wants me to go. That's his message to us, is to, is to go with him. You see, it's as we go with God, that we discover what others mean for evil, God means for good, the saving of many lives. It's as we go that we discover 
God's grace is sufficient for us and his power is perfected in our weakness. It's as we go that we discover God's eyes are on us and his ears are open to our cries for help. It's as we go that we discover the Holy Spirit of God dwells in us and he is with us and he will never leave us, fail us, forget us, or forsake us. It's as we go that we discover our God will meet all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. It's as we go that we discover no weapon formed against us shall prosper. It's as we go that we discover that our God is the Almighty, the Creator, the Sovereign God. It's as we go that we discover and understand that God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but one of power of love and of a sound mind. It's as we go that we discover that there is no one greater, that there is no one higher, that there is no one like our God. It's as we go that we discover our God is able to do above and beyond all we can ask, think, or imagine according to His power that is at work in us. What God wanted Moses to understand years and years ago is what God wants us to understand this morning. God wants our availability, not our ability. God brings the ability. He asks us to be available. God brings the fuel. He asks us to bring the faith. God brings the force. He asks us to bring the faith. So the question is clear and obvious for you and me today. It's this question that that God has been working with Moses, trying to get Moses to understand. It's a simple question. The question is this, are you available to God? Are you available to God? Are you available for God to do what he wants, when he wants, the way he wants, in you, with you, and through you? Are you available for God to have his way in your life? Are you open to God's plan for you or just simply your plan for you? Are you available and ready to say, here I am, God, change me. Here I am, God, have your way in me. Here I am, God, have your way with me. Here I am, God, have your way through me. Are you ready and available to say, God, here I am, lead me. Here I am, send me. Here I am, teach me. Here I am, God, use me me. God wants our availability. He wants us to go, to believe him, to trust him, to go. He, he will most certainly bring the ability, the power, the grace, the mercy, the wisdom, the understanding because he is the great I am. He's got it covered. He wants us to be available to him today. I was talking to a brother in Christ this past week. Dear brother in Christ. Great, great friend. Years and years and years back, God brought us together as friends. And 
He's a wonderful, wonderful brother in Christ. He's the president of a college. And as we were talking this past week, God's taken him through a, a real challenging time, a real uh, time of faith building in his leadership. He's been recently uh, promoted to the position of, of president. And so God's already at work and, and growing him in his leadership and it's a very challenging situation that he's walking through. As we were talking, praying for him and my time with the Lord and we were talking by phone. He was sharing with me a little bit of just the challenge that God's taking him through. And he said this. He said, Mark, I just want to let you know. He said, I'm so glad I have my faith in God. Which tells me that God is with me. And he will take care of this for me. He said, I don't have to fix it. What God wants from you and me, the best decision, the exciting decision, the right decision, is based on our faith and trust in God, which tells us he's with us and he'll take care of anything and everything for us. We don't have to fix anything because we can't. We can't. What God wants is for us to simply be available to Him. God, have your way in me, with me, and through me. You lead God. I'll follow. God is in us. God is with us. God is for us. So let's go with God by faith. We ask you to bow in prayer. Worship team's going to come and lead in this time of response to the Lord. I just want to encourage you to just respond to the Lord even now. The altar is open as it always is for you to come and kneel and do business with the Father. Maybe you're ready and willing just to come as a, as a single person or maybe you're willing to come as brothers in Christ, sisters in Christ, or husbands and wives. Maybe you're ready to come as a teenager, as a child of schools, getting ready to start. Maybe as teachers, administrators, educators, parents of your children who are getting ready to go back to school this week. You just want to come and kneel before the Lord and just say, God, I'm available to you. God, I want to be open to you. Whatever it is you want for me, whatever it is you want in me, whatever it is you want with me, whatever it is you want through me, God, I'm open. I'm available. God, would you have your way with me? Maybe God wants you to go and minister to a brother or sister in Christ right here, right now, to go and pray, to go and bless someone, to go encourage someone who's going through a challenging time. Then go and move. Be the hands and feet of Jesus to those that God's placed around you. This is our time with the Father. He's spoken to us by His Spirit through His Word, and now it's our time to respond to Him in obedience to Him. If you've yet to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, then why not here? Why not right now? Why not today? Say yes to Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father God except through faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, in His death, burial, and resurrection, His victory on the cross for us. We trust in Jesus and his work on the cross for us, for our salvation as we receive that gift of grace from God and placing our faith and trust in him. 
God's speaking, God's moving, God's working. Our ministers, our pastors, the scene up here at the front, they'd love to pray with you, pray for you, pray over you. We don't want you to feel like you're all alone. You have brothers and sisters here who will pray with you, pray for you. Just turn and one will do it, I'm sure. We'll do it. The Spirit of God is working and moving. Let's respond to Him in obedience by faith. Let's stand and say yes to the Lord together.